0: What the hell is the name of this thing? Is this Wayne's World?
1: The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my too. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. He tried to get me in mid chew Hello, everybody, and welcome into another spectacular edition of Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW podcast, which you can find... On Facebook and also on Twitter at Ballsy Podcast. So make sure that's that's Ballsy with a Z. I'm going to have sure to ask you, you this question you again. In. If
2: people are listening, why do you have to tell them where to find us?
1: Because that's what I was told to do. Uh, that's what the boss has said. Make sure that you put a plug in either at the first or the end of the podcast about where they can find
2: us. Well, it. this is our NCAA Tournament Ballsy Podcast. First of all, I'm Kevin
1: Sherrington. You are... Uh, Barry Horn. Barry Horn. And I knew it took a little bit to ask, ask these tough questions. And on the line with us is Chuck Carlton.
2: That's you, Chuck. Say hello. That's your cue, Chuck. <laughs> hey, glad to be with you guys.
1: Chuck, you were at the tournament, and we, it was a quite a weekend of the tournament. You were not at the game for the ages. So that was Kate Haropoulos of the Dallas Titans. he was Morning at the News. game. He but was, you
2: were, was at the, He was at the game. Uh, but you weren't
1: writing about it.
2: You didn't say that. He was at the game. Okay, he was at
1: the game. Chuck, have you uh, – first of all, let's just set that up. 44 seconds left, down 12. Chuck, what was your thoughts about A&M's chances at that point?
0: Uh, the same as the uh – as the diehard Aggie fans who were heading toward the parking garage at that point of the <laughs> Cox Convention Center, <laughs> now, in, in fact, in NCAA history, no team had come from a uh, 12-point deficit in the final minute and won. The the NCAA record was uh, UNLV against San Diego State, which was 11 points down in what? the. And, and the amazing thing, when you look at that rally by A&M, is okay uh if you're gonna have these sorts of things you normally need to have, you know, a ton of missed free throws or, you know, like the Reggie Miller against the Knicks where, you know, it's three pointers, steals the inbound, just another three pointer. There was only one three pointer in this run. It was all the worst you know, uh I remember watching my my daughter when she was growing up play in the Y M C A you know in, a, in in a girls league like 5th and 6th grade and they had a better press break that,
1: than I was that's a, you know
2: that's exactly what i thought about when i was watching this this is like watching a team that's losing 80 to nothing and the other team is pressing and and there's they're just score, scoring at will that was that was incredible but in for northern illinois point of view they had how many how many players had fouled out at that point well well
0: they they had lost two i mean the key thing is that bo hannon who Okay, and again, this is kind of the wheels-off aspect. You know, one of their guards who's apparently the only guy who could take the ball out against the press, and he had hurt his knee with about a minute to go and come out. And, and it's like, wait, what What kind of coach has this kind of, you know, better mousetrap thing where we only have one guy, the one guy taking the ball out, and if he's not in the game, then our entire press break offense goes out the window. I mean, this is like... Uh, it's it's goofy, and you have people doing stuff like trying to throw the ball off people's knees. And, uh, hey, there's only 25 seconds to go. And even if you throw it deep and A&M intercepts, it's going to take time off the clock for them to push it up. Uh, And and then you have the situation where Caruso drives, and and the guy isn't sure whether to take the charge or get out of the way. does neither and gets called for the block. should have got out of the way. Every You can look at this. It was like this huge domino effect, a slow motion. If you're the Aggies, it was like, this thing is actually going to happen. And if you're Northern Iowa, you're going, this is a slow motion. Tr- this is actually going to happen here. And sure enough, it does. Somehow it goes to double overtime. And, I mean, Daniel House from A&M had, through the first uh, 15, uh, basically 15 minutes of the game, zero points. Zero points. And then final five five fourteen and the two overtimes twenty two points.
1: See now, Heat to me is the wild card on that team uh, because if you look at his numbers over the course of the season, they're not very good. You know, not very good from three point range, not very good just shooting from the field. But if he gets hot, he is the guy that makes a difference on that team to me. He he is because you you get a pretty consistent effort from everybody else. But that is going to have to be the difference for them going up against Oklahoma because we know what Buddy Heald can do. We know the fact that he scored 21 of Oklahoma's final 26 points in that last game. So it's obvious who they're going to go to, and I believe that this time of year you have to have that kind of player. House is going to have to come up big again for them to beat Oklahoma.
0: Oh, I I think so, and he can't be a passenger for the first Thirty-five minutes of the game—that's that's not going to happen. I mean, yeah, a few teams have held Buddy Heal down. West Virginia with its kind of pressure and throwing people at him and that sort of thing, but very few. And uh, uh, I don't know if A and M has that defensive stop, or whether it's Caruso or somebody else. They can they can throw on Buddy. Plus, they run him off so many screens that you wind up with different defenders on him anyway. I mean, he he does seem to have that. At the same time, House can give you that guy, like he did in the K- Kentucky game, in the SEC you know, uh, championship game, who, who's, who steps up. And like you said, can be that X factor. He can be the guy he creates. He can shoot you out of a game, but he can shoot you into a game just as quickly.
2: You know, I watched that game yesterday, and that game convinced me that A&M cannot uh, beat Oklahoma. I think you came up with a very different uh, – opinion after watching that game
0: well look, part of it is um w- one i'm trying not to overreact to what we see in the last tournament game i mean after after wichita state took care of arizona everybody would say oh wichita state oh man you know you the the pencil them into final four and then miami came out and played defense even harder than wichita state does i mean uh, you know, you, you can say the Aggies aren't ready or you can say the Aggies had their escape and you need one of these each tournament run to do something special. With Oklahoma, I think the problem is I've seen them too much in terms of uh, I know how good Buddy Heald is, but I also know the weaknesses there. I mean, if Kadeem Latton gets in foul trouble, then there's no inside defensive presence. Uh, against A and M, and and the other situation is the you know Woodard and Cousins were both good yesterday. What well, happens if they aren't good? And it's Buddy just tried to do it single handedly. Um, so.
1: I think it's a great point about about A and M's interior defense and interior play just in general. They they, they are terrific there. I don't, I don't want to. I don't when I when I say that I felt like that that house is the is the X factor here. It's just in the tournament you always got to have a guard and you, you have to have somebody you have to have an outside shot and somebody who can who can do that. But boy, if you go inside against them now, I think A and M is as good on the inside as probably anybody left in the tournament. Right?
0: Oh uh, yeah, Carolina's pretty good. Carolina's yeah. pretty good, but yes. They're, they're certainly not going to be intimidated by anybody there. They can throw bodies at you. They defend. They play extremely hard. Yeah, uh, uh, you got to have that. And House gives you that guy that you have to have that guy who not only, you know, you drop the play for it, but who wants to take the big shot. And for better or worse, he will take the shot. You don't know what's going to happen. He may take the shot that you don't want him to take at times. But, but, but he's got that mentality.
2: You know, I was most impressed, the guy who, Stood out for me was the freshman guard at A and M, Gilder. Um, I, w- I I knew he was he was good, and he came A out- Dallas product uh, by Dallas the way, Dallas Madison. He came out of Dallas Madison. Although the other two freshmen, did you know that the other two freshmen, uh, uh, DJ Hogue and Tyler Davis, both went to Plano West High School? Did you oh, know that? Uh, you know, I-, I don't pay much attention to Plano West. Yeah, yeah. D- uh, but it, but
0: uh, it- I do know that now. Yes,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, and they were on the, at, and they were on the Plano West State Championship, six A. State championship team, I'm, I might add. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. But 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 Gilda really, you know, he he, again, he he was picking pockets, and but he knew what to do when he got the ball, and he he went to the basket, and I was very impressed with him.
0: No, no, and uh, and he was a key part when they went small on the press and and that sort of thing. Yeah, he's a guy who got in there. They're getting contributions from a lot of different people, which again, you, you need this time of year. You can't just go you know, five, six, seven deep. You know, that's that's what makes me wonder a little bit about Duke in the West bracket is Duke is trying to do it with essentially six six players. I don't know if that's, you know, they're going to be able to pull that off. I no. mean, right now it's, it's even though Oregon survived and you have Duke and you have, you know, Oklahoma and a and M. I I still think it's as open as you could imagine. You've got the top four seeds surviving, and, and, and I don't know if – uh um, who I picked out of that group?
1: All right, let's. And uh, we've been looking forward here, as we should. But let's let take one quick look back here. No, at don't the one look back at the Big Twelve oh, and okay. look at what happened here. Of the the SEC of college basketball has three teams left in the tournament. That's not bad. It's not bad that they've got Oklahoma, they've got Kansas, and Iowa State. Is Baylor out? Baylor is out. Chuck, what about that? How in the world does Baylor with the the, the school's all-time leading rebounder, how does that school get out-rebounded by Yale? How does that happen?
0: Well, well, well you see, the ball goes up. You, <laughs> I think I, go think I heard go this and answer. You grab it with both hands, and, <laughs> and that's a rebound. And, 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 and You see, Yale got more of those than uh, Baylor did. So yeah, that's, that's how they outrebounded him. Yes, the, the <laughs> thank you, Tory Prince. Prince. Tory <laughs> Prince inserted himself. Kind of, I think, into Rasheed Wallace territory with that answer.
1: <laughs> yes, I mean, he did. Was... Yes, he did. I mean, he had four. Uh, he had a lot of points. I think he had twenty-five points, but he just had four rebounds. That is a team that looks like it could play in the NFL. The Baylor, the Baylor starting lineup, and they got rebounded by by Yale. I think that is phenomenal to me. That's two first-round exits for Baylor. The most underachieving back to back, back to back. The most underachieving team in the Big 12, I have said that before, and now I have uh, been vindicated on that once again.
0: And the thing about it, you look at Baylor, you're talking about top 15 talent out there.
1: Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. uh, But that also shows you how much of rebounding is, uh, you know, as they teach you in junior high, is maybe, you know, sticking your butt, you know, on the guy behind you and getting position and and not just trying to go for the ball, but doing all the little things that are involved in, in getting securing those rebounds. I mean, yes, you know, people kept saying, "Well, Yale's one of the best rebounding teams in the country." Well, yeah, but you know, if you're if you're playing, you know, Princeton and Dartmouth and Brown, yeah, you probably oh, should be.
1: Absolutely, that's right. That's there's no question about that. And that so it brings up the question to I think what people always ask about Scott Drew, great recruiter. I don't know how great a coach he is.
0: Uh, and, that's, and and McCaslin, who does uh, – Grant McCaslin, who does a lot of the bench coaching and is involved in game planning, that sort of thing, is headed to Arkansas State now as their new head coach. So Scott kind of has to find that guy. You know, maybe uh, – um, I, I don't think he would hire him, but somebody like what Jay, the role James Dickey has done at Oklahoma State. You know, that veteran presence who, who kind of uh, – uh, you know, helps things along in the course of the game. So, oh, yeah, saying, maybe gives a game. You're saying saying a good team. To, this gives them a chance to reset the per- – I mean, this is still going to be a – you know, Jonathan Motley coming back, Jonathan Motley could be, an, you know, an all-big 12 power forward. I mean, he's a guy who dominated when Gathers was out of the lineup late in the year, but he disappeared against Yale for the most part. So, again, there's going to be talent there, and then you, you wait for March and – you kind of, if you're a Baylor fan, you kind of cover your eyes and peek.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I'd like to use this rebounding transition to talk about Stephen F. Austin. What if they could have gotten a rebound late in that game? Oh, my gosh. Uh,
1: what, what, a, what a horrible way to lose What What, w- what
2: would we be talking about today? They, they'd be the Cinderella of Cinderella's. Right. Well, and,
0: I, and I'd be uh, uh, searching the YouTube archives and one more time posting the Monty Python lumberjack song.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there we go. I it's am a lover Yes, I am.
0: Yeah, from the first season of Monty Python. And by the way, when Monty Python came over here on PBS in the 70s, you know what their biggest market was in terms of popularity and ratings?
2: Nacogdoches. <laughs> I don't think so. Dallas. Oh. Dallas,
1: is that right? How about that? Monty
0: Python, for some reason, you know, uh, Graham Chapman and John Cleese and Eric Idle and Terry Gilliam took off in Dallas ahead Look, of the rest of the – of L.A. This, and New York. This is the
2: Monty Python place. kind of place. I always said so, that. As, as, again, that's a great transition. As long as we're talking about Dallas, Dallas-Fort Worth, what about Brad Und- Underwood? Might we see him be coaching in the Metroplex? We're, we're
1: talking about the SFA coach. Yes. Uh,
2: aside from the last couple of minutes of that game uh, yesterday, where, where there was some perhaps questionable strategy, do you think he might be a candidate for a uh, Big 12 opening in the Metroplex?
0: Uh, possible. I mean, right now it seems like TCU is infatuated with the Jamie Dixon possibility, and uh, you know, I'm. Well, we're we're at the stage now where is this real, or is Pitt just going to up his salary and he's going to say it was a hard decision, but he wants to be a lifer at Pitt, uh, and and you know, TCU is kind of sitting there after you know, like the cartoon dynamite blows up in their face, and they blink twice, and then they have to go. To, whether to Underwood or Buzz Williams or uh, whoever else that they can find on this. I, I, I mean, I think you know, the, the one interesting thing, and people want to discount um, Jamie Dixon going back to his alma mater, but to me, after 13 years at Pitt, Jamie Dixon is kind of like Rick Barnes after 13 years of Texas, right? where the, the best is maybe behind him. And he's looking at some discontented fans, and maybe this might not be the worst time to get out ahead of the posse instead of waiting around three or four more years, and and having an ad, you know, uh, basically say, "Hey, sorry, Jamie, it's been real, it's been fun, hit the road." I
1: is Where is Jamie from? Uh,
0: um, I, I he's not a Texas guy by birth, but I he did play. He played that. Uh, TCU from
1: 84 to 87. Yeah, played- well, no, I, I yeah, I covered him when he when he played at TCU. Had had a great shot. I as I recall, to beat Texas. Uh, uh was a really good player. But I don't remember where he went to. I don't know if he was from Texas. So so when people talk about him coming back to coach at TCU, if you're not a Texas guy, unless you just have a tremendous loyalty to your alma mater, you know, I, I don't really get the draw that much.
2: Well, you do know there's no state income tax in Texas. I wonder yes, if they – uh, are they using that uh, in, in the – Everybody yeah. uses that. Everybody yeah, uses yeah. that. Yeah, as
0: opposed to Pennsylvania. But the key thing is, it, you know you look around and a guy like – you could argue Rick Barnes maybe stayed too long in Texas. You know what I mean? And other guys. Sure. I mean, when you get past 10 years at a given place – Unless you're some iconic guy. I mean, Roy Williams was getting criticized earlier this year when they lost to Duke at home. And people were saying, Roy had run his course. Well, this guy's won two national titles and is the number one seed this year. I mean, you know, uh, uh, J.B. Dixon might be just saying, hey, if I have a chance to match or slightly increase my salary and go to some place where I'll be hailed as a conquering hero. And he's only 50 years old. you know, he's, That's a young man yeah you can he, he, relatively speaking in coaching that's a you know that's a whipper yeah uh but uh, you know the young pup for crying out loud when you got you know all these- you know jim Lornega in Miami looks like Grandpa Munster on the sideline but uh what? i would i would not discount hey, that hey. i know it doesn't i've i I've, I've even discounted it said it doesn't make sense, but the more you think about it maybe t c you can pull this off.
1: All right, Chuck. Let's. Uh, we're we're trying to keep all this stuff to, uh, together here. And and you brought up Roy Waves. Do you have something now? I
2: do. Jamie Dixon was born in North Hollywood, California. Yeah, I, as I recall, he was not a Texas guy.
1: So, uh, so, but, but, so let's look back now one more time at last week when we picked our final four teams. Let's see who still has their teams in it. I'm going to go first. I had Kansas. I'm still good there. Oh, good. That 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 was a great pitch. I had Oklahoma. I'm still hey, we're asking if we're gonna be here or not, right? Did I get that one right? Yes. Oklahoma? Yes. I said that.
2: I think I had those two as Number well. Number three,
1: I had North Carolina. I'm still good there. Number four, I believe my pal, Barry Horn told me Pick Michigan State. Rick Goslin assured me that Michigan State was the way to go. You told me to take Michigan State. I'm taking that. I think
2: I told you to take the other three as well.
1: Now that they're out, here is my. I, obviously, you're still going with my my original three. You cannot change your picks, and if you do, you're you're foolish. You got to stick with your picks. I've got my original three, and my new fourth pick coming out of the Midwest is.
2: I just told you to take Gonzaga.
1: Iowa State. I'm going to wow. have three. Big 12 teams in the Final Four. I'm going to say that the Big 12 is going to live up to its reputation, after all, as the SEC of college basketball is going to have three teams in the Final Four.
2: And you know what those three teams have in common? What? None of them play in the state of Texas.
1: That is correct. That is correct. So now, Barry, let's, let's hear your
2: Final Four teams. You had? Have... I don't remember what I had because I don't live in the oh past. Oh, my gosh. I live in the future. But I think I had Kansas. I think I had Oklahoma. I think I have Indiana. Who's still alive? Yeah. And I too had Michigan State. Wow. So but I'm gonna go with Gonzaga now.
1: Going with the Zags. All right. Now, Chuck, your final four, you had a very eccentric Final Four, I might say. Eclectic. Let's let's say that, maybe not eccentric, eclectic Final Four. You had Miami in there. How did how did they do, Chuck? Uh
0: actually, Miami is looking yes, as I call it, the Big Twelve alumni team with <laughs> uh Sheldon McClellan and uh Angel Rodriguez, and I believe one other uh uh one time big 12 player but yes the uh fighting jim lorenega's are still alive 10 years after jim lorenega took george mason to the uh final four uh took care of uh tournament darling wichita state and getting ready to uh face villanova in the uh sweet 16 uh in addition to that uh my my pick of texas a&m still barely alive still looking pretty good uh, but but uh facing Oklahoma, and uh, uh, North Carolina, looking good. The 19-point win over Providence facing Indiana, and uh, is it, is it, isn't that a Barry Horn pick? Indiana, baby. Bragging right. Me, me and Mark
2: Cuban are going for Indiana. Yeah.
0: You and future Cowboys writer Cater Ropoulos both rooting for Indiana in that one. That's right. And uh, then in the um, uh, the. Uh, the uh, the other bracket I really don't I don't remember. You
1: had Kansas in that one, did you not?
2: No, I think I had Michigan State. No, he had Miami.
1: Oh, yeah, okay, all yeah, right. You right. had Miami, all there, right. So and you...
2: you're talking about the uh, Michigan State bracket. Michigan
0: State, yes, I had Michigan State, and I will go against the grain because everybody now is saying Gonzaga, jumping on Gonzaga. Love you noticed Gonzaga. I did that.
2: I'm a front runner.
0: Yes, all this kind of stuff, and everybody's forgetting the fact that Virginia just grinds you down and does stuff, and that will be the sort of team that will grind Iowa State down and grind either Gonzaga and Syracuse down. So, give me the number one seed, Virginia Cavaliers, the most overlooked number one seed right now in the tournament.
1: So, uh, and I now we had to say who was going to win it all. I'm going to, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Kansas. I'm going to say Kansas is winning it all. I think that they finally live
2: up to that pedigree, and here here they go. You know, Chuck, I, I just want to uh, – Are you going to give it to me? I want to ask Chuck a question. He said Virginia was the most overlooked number one seed. Yeah. i got to tell you, Oregon has not exactly uh, been everybody's darling team either. No.
0: Right, but at least people are still saying they expect Oregon to win. They're looking at anybody besides Virginia in that bracket to right. step up. You know, I, I think uh, people were – they might not be able to name you a single player, let alone Dana Altman as a coach at Oregon. You know because they are you know playing games at you know eleven o'clock at night on a uh, on a network that has distribution in maybe six states. That's, that's the Pac
2: twelve network, un- unlike the g- glorious Longhorn network.
0: The Longhorn network actually has more distribution than the Pac twelve network. That's the scary thing. That is Big scary. York could just glom onto the Longhorn network and. You know, find a way to come up with fifty million dollars to make Texas happen. You think that? I,
2: do you think that eventually has to happen? I hate to change subjects, but I, I want—I'm going to. Well,
0: we'll, well uh, I, I think it—it it, it needs to happen for the long-term stability of the Big Twelve. Will it happen? I don't know. And you know what? I don't think ESPN would necessarily be opposed to it. I think they would kind of like to, you know, kind of oh, push wow. aside the Longhorn Network experiment and just pretend like it, you know. Nothing to see here, folks, move along. We've got the Big 12 Network.
1: I don't see this ever happening. I don't see Texas ever saying, no, no, we don't want that. Was it 15 they, million a year? have got a
0: deal, no out clause. Yeah,
1: so. it not happen. All right, look, we, we, the prediction on the Oklahoma A&M game, did, did we say that yet? I, I'm saying that Oklahoma's going to win that game because of Buddy Hield.
2: Well, I'm saying Oklahoma's going to win that game because they have Oklahoma winning the bracket. Yeah. Well, no, but. And, oh, when, when oh, you, yeah, you, right, okay. So And,
1: Chuck, you you, ha, part of the you have Oklahoma winning as well, right?
0: No, no, I I picked Texas A and M. Oh, you picked A M, that.
1: that's right. Okay. So you're saying that A and M will overcome Buddy.
0: Whoop. Yes. But Buddy alone can't win it. They'll shut down everybody else and the too much inside oh early foul trouble for Latin. He'll be on the bench ten minutes into the first half and that's when the game turns.
1: Could could very well happen. I could very well I, I could see that. Uh so now let's talk about And Barry uh, alluded to this a little while ago. We talked about the fact that there were no teams from Texas in in his final four, no teams from Texas in my final four, even though I had three Big 12 teams in the final four four at this point. Let's talk about, Chuck, when you voted in your final best of Texas poll, as I voted in it as well, who was your number one team?
0: Uh my number one team was uh if I remember correctly, Texas A and M, uh, coming off the uh Strong show in the to face the regular season and the FCC tournament, face finish, finishing second to Kentucky in overtime. Me yeah, too.
1: I, uh, that was my number one. I, I struggled with that a little bit. I was I was flipping back and forth between them and Baylor. I am so glad I went with the Aggies in the end.
2: Was I had it? I had Stephen F. Austin.
1: You did not. You don't even have a vote in that poll. Number two, I can tell you this. I did not have Stephen F. Austin as my number two team. I had Baylor number two. I believe I had uh, number three. I can tell you right now, Stephen F. Austin was not in my top four. And at this point. And you call
2: yourself a basketball expert.
1: I, I'm not a basketball expert. But I will say this uh, SFA, that was no fluke, them getting as far as they did, was it? Uh,
0: look, this is a team that knocked off. Of VCU a VCU couple years ago. This is a team that you know just dominates that conference. I mean, in my best of Texas poll, I had since you know I can vote for teams on probation. I had SMU yeah. number two, and when you look at some of the analytic ratings, uh, you know, forget the AP, SMU would have been in line for potentially a four or five seed at at the bare minimum if they had been eligible for the tournament. I had them two, Baylor three. Uh, Stephen F. Austin four in my final, uh, uh, you know, best of Texas.
2: Let me ask. Let me me ask you this. If and this would be a complicated question, so just just hang on. Oh my gosh! If SMU's name was Syracuse, would SMU be in the tournament?
0: their name was North Carolina, they'd be a number one
2: team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding. No kidding.
1: When is the, when is the NCAA ever going to drop the hammer on North Carolina? When is that going to oh, happen, Chuck? No, uh, what
0: about Syracuse? Yeah, the the games? Cuts, cuts down the nets, and in Houston they'll drop the hammer on North Carolina, and Sylvia Hatchell, the women's basketball coach, will be suspended for 15 games <laughs> and
2: lose seven scholarships. <laughs> yeah, but, I think yeah, you're they, right. They, they, Larry Brown has got to be tearing his hair out watching this tournament. Uh, uh,
0: no, the, hey – this is exactly what the, the network's paying six billion dollars or whatever. Well, hey, Carolina's a draw. And guess what? SMU's not a draw. Oh. Yes, yeah, Syracuse is a draw.
1: Hey, when it came, but down Larry's to the a draw.
2: Bible, I, I think that Larry's a draw. Oh, but but Syracuse brings that whole New York, that whole East Coast elitist market. Do they really bring that? Oh, yes, they do. They do. They so do. They, so they draw in that market. Syracuse is a New, is a New York City team. If you live in New York City, that's the team. It is you're... the New York City team. Yeah, even though it's three hundred miles away or whatever right. it is, but it's it, it 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 is New York City's team. Is it?
0: it... Uh, and the thousands of underemployed uh, broadcast journalism majors out there
1: uh, also are you know help Syracuse. Our uh, old buddy Rick yeah. Renner's a Syracuse guy.
2: Carter Blackburn, who did the uh, the A and M game and the Oklahoma game, he's from uh, Kerrville, Texas. Born in Dallas, he went to Syracuse. Really? Yeah. Wow! I hate sounds, to hear that it reminds kind of me thing. a lot of Josh Lewin. Oh no, yeah. that's not a recommendation. No, no, no. I, I thought he did. A, I thought he did a really good job. And I, and Mike Jeminski sounds exactly like Mike Golick. I just want to go on with that.
1: <laughs> okay, keep it up, Chuck. Have you got any words of wisdom for us about what to expect in the tournament? Are you are you are you picking out any games that are going to be like uh, nail biters, like that A and M game? Oh,
0: like that A and M game? I don't think we've ever. <laughs> Seen anything quite like that. We it? never have
1: yeah. either. Let, let me just clarify that too. As you said, that is a that was a record in the NCAA tournament. No team has ever come back from that many points in the final minute to win. The game, uh, which is it's it's a phenomenal not that you can score because they actually scored 14 points in the in the final 44 seconds to score 14 points in 44 seconds that's just a,
2: that that's pretty good. What if what if you extrapolate that over a, a whole? That's a whole lot. It's a whole lot of points. <laughs> it's a
1: whole lot of points. 14 points in 44 seconds. I had to say, Chuck, in your all-time greatest comebacks in basketball, football, baseball, this is right up there with that. Is it not? Is it in the, in the top five? I mean yeah, I mean The Music City uh, Miracle, I can think of that. That was a that was a big comeback. It's like
2: a soccer team coming back from a 1-0 uh coming back <laughs> yes, 1-0 it is. in the final 40 seconds. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean
0: and I had somebody say how does this compare to TCU coming back in the bowl game to beat Oregon? No, the thing on the on the level of epic collapse, this is a lot closer to yes, the Houston Oilers
2: playoff yes,
0: game. Right. against you know the well, Frank am I correct Frank Reich uh yes. Buffalo Bills Yes. yes.
1: That, the Music this City is, Miracle. Yes. That. Yeah,
0: this is just totally inexplicable because it's one of those things where, okay, Northern Iowa will, and and even when they had a couple of the turnovers, they're still saying, yeah, there's 25 seconds to go and, you know, eight point lead. You know, there's still plenty has happened. There still has to be everything perfect has to happen from here on out. And it's just like, holy cow, it did. And well, it seemed like, how did they explain that?
1: How did they explain that uh, in the in the press conference afterwards? Chuck, were you in there then when he when he talked about uh, the fact that he just blew a 12-point lead in the last 44 seconds?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was it was like a total state of shock. I mean, the uh, yeah, you had you know, two of the players with glassy eye. the other guy was just beat red and bowling his eyes out and uh, but the, the 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 whole thing is well, we lost the one guy who inbounds it against the the pros. He was hurt, and it's but uh, that that
1: you need a contingency plan, don't you, Chuck?
0: Yeah, you, plan B plan just B. wasn't working, and and everything got inbounded into the corner here there didn't seem to be any it just seemed to be helter skelter there didn't seem to be all right you said there there were no off the ball screens to free up guys there was nobody breaking up the middle which is always the outlet pass you they, they they one time sent a guy deep and they got a dunk out of it okay try that again there was a whole lot you know there yeah, uh, you know, and, and also he had squandered pretty much all his timeouts.
2: Even really. if you send the ball deep, and it, and it's picked off or intercepted, then they have to come all the way back down the court, and and, right. and, and work and work a little bit to, uh, of time off the clock.
0: Right. And here's the thing, you know, in the Northern Iowa Texas game, which we haven't even you know touched on, you know, that that's just one of those act of God sorts of things. That's just the the, the lightning strike where. You know the guy does a U.S. read and throws it in
2: from half court in nineteen eighty references. Oh, I like it. Arkansas that's good. That, that's my kind of reference.
1: A U.S. read reference.
2: But 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 here's well, the deal. I thought that was a, Chuck a TV. They were saying was a heave. I thought that was a good shot. He took a shot. He
0: took a shot, but it wasn't like Steph Curry for crying out no, loud. No,
2: but 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 that, but he, he it wasn't a blind heave. He that was an actual basketball play. I don't have as yeah, much it was problem. It a running th-
0: one-hander, but still, you you're willing to give that up. And it was like yeah. contested late by. You don't want to foul the guy, but right. it was contested late by Lambert. It's but that's still the sort of thing where okay, it's just one of those things. So so much had to go right and wrong in the final to lose a twelve-point lead. And yeah. and the way, it, like I said, the way it happened, it's not just three-pointer after three-pointer after three-pointer. It's not like uh okay kid kid missed a foul shot you come down sort of thing these were four turnovers by northern I, uh, by northern Iowa in that span of third you know barely half a
2: minute you know that's, that's sho- hard to do that's shocking but not nearly as shocking have you ever met Kevin's wife Kevin actually got Debbie Ford Sherrington to marry him that's more shocking
1: wow that is a, but that is the truth but that, I can't believe you would say that on the air that but, is so but but, but, it, but it's true
2: Chuck thanks so much for we're, we're uh, our producer Tommy is is like making hand signals and everything. We're over the thirty. We're over the thirty minute mark. Tommy only say. gets
1: paid for thirty minutes.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I just I just want to say one thing. You were terrific. This was a terrific podcast to go with the other two terrific podcasts we did today. Kevin, I don't remember who we did. We them. did it with
1: David Moore, who's at the owners' meetings in uh, Florida uh, for the NFL, and then we also did Evan Grant, who had an interview with Cole Hamels, the, the Rangers' ace.
2: And, and Chuck Carlton's in beautiful flower mound right now. He Isn't is, he back, back in
1: Flomo, mo uh, Chuck, we're glad you made it back last night, and we know you uh, came back and got back in the middle of the night, then got up early to talk to us. We certainly appreciate that after, after a visit with the chiropractor. Uh, and we hope that you've got your back all straightened out now. And, Chuck, we're going to bring you on next week to talk about our final four picks.
0: Uh, and also... Women's basketball, hey, Dallas let's... Women's Regional here in how, Dallas. How,
2: how about those Baylor Bears?
0: And they could be playing. Gary she... Blairs, Texas A and M Aggies. Is, is... If the Aggies win tonight in that rematch of 2011, who do you like in that
2: game? A and M versus Baylor. Who do you like?
0: Oh, oh, oh! Mokey um, will put a boot on.
2: That game. Yeah, she's still, she's been waiting for this. She's game, put bro. a boot on his wow. throat. I think it's that's actually American, a high heel. It's the, I it's think it's the what, American way, right? What's well, that song? Is that a Toby Keith song? I don't yeah.
1: know. That's a Toby Keith. song. It is. Uh, here's here's my question for you, Chuck. Could the Baylor women out rebound the Baylor men?
0: They go, they're big. I'll tell you this. The Baylor women could break the press better than the Northern Iowa men. I would say that. <laughs>
1: okay. Uh-uh. All right, Chuck, thanks for that. It was great to have you on, Chuck, and we're going to have you back next week. The numbers say so. we got to bring you back. Thanks, Chuck. Hey,
2: hey! glad to be with you guys. Be Take well, care. Chuck. That, let me tell you something. I don't know if Chuck makes up names or what, but he throws in names that I don't know. Do you – you, Do U.S. You, Reed, you mean? Not U.S. Reed, but when he talks about assistant coaches and –
1: he knows all this. He stuff. knows that this stuff. This guy knows it all, man. I tell you what, you know we always you and I are, are great buddies of our old pal Tiger Richardson. Used to work here at Steve the Dallas Richardson. Morning News yeah. and and, uh, and the basketball confidant. I once worked a Final 4 coaches lobby with him. It was hilarious cuz he was there to to steer people towards me cuz I didn't know the guys as well as I used to cuz it've been a few years since I covered college basketball and People were. He was not approaching people. They were coming to Tiger. People were coming to Tiger, asking him what was going on. Chuck knows as much as Tiger. Chuck, Chuck knows just as much you as. You know Tiger. what he
2: needs? He needs a nickname. We need to give Chuck a nickname. What what, were the, what was the Western Illinois team? I think we
1: should call him Up Chuck. What do you think? No? I, th-
2: I think we should move on. <laughs> I think, I think that's a, that's a, That's an improper. <laughs> that's an ender. <laughs> that's an ender.
1: All right, make sure now you listen to these other podcasts that we have on this week. It's all going to be good stuff. Hey, listen. Where do you find it? Ballsy
2: Podcast. Ball- at Ballsy Podcast.
1: At Ballsy Podcast on Twitter and also on Facebook. And listen, you need to help us get over 7,000. That's the magic number this week on the number of listens, 7,000. Once we hit 7,000, Barry and I, both uh, the kickers, come in on our contract, and we get an extra – what is it? Lunch? Is it two lunches? I think we
2: got to actually stick a celery. That's what Celery stock. We stay employed.
1: All right, everybody. We'll see you next
2: week. Bye.